Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey guys, it's Travis Cronin and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. As always, I am joined in the studio today by the mavens of the celebrity gossip world. We have the most stylish usser, Miss Gwen Flamber. Well, hello. And we have obsessed in all the best ways writer, Sarah Huron. Not sure what that means, but hello. It means I love your dedication to things that other people might think are silly and it's beautiful and relatable. Wow, that was subtle shape, but okay. I mean, we both love the Cheetah Girls. You know, that's who we are, and we are unapologetic about it. Our spots well, are different, different colors. That's true. We are, But we are Amiga's Cheetahs and friends for life. Okay, well, we have a lot of really strange celebrity news to get into. My favorite kind. We have some temporary orphans returning to the spotlight. <laughs> we have Real Housewives legal drama. We have Joe Exotic um, begging Kim Kardashian for some thing. We have Why the Queen is Living So Long, um, some major Bachelor drama, and some Piers Morgan has to say why he is not the pigeon lady in Home Alone 2, maybe my favorite story of the year. But before we divulge all of this information, let's send some attention today. Not for ourselves. I'm feeling pretty good about my choices in life, but not for celebrities. Sarah Huron, why don't you kick us off for who your celebrity intention is for today? My celebrity intention is for all men and women who have cheated on their wives that are attempting to justify why they have cheated on their wives or husband. Um, I just listened to Tasha Adams, The Bachelorette's ex-husband, Josh, on Reality Steve's podcast. And as Bachelor viewers will know, Tasha was married to her college sweetheart. They got divorced a couple years ago. She briefly brought up on Colton season that she was divorced and there was some cheating involved on this season. Now that she's the lead, of course, it comes up a little more. She's never said his name on the show, but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Um, and of course, his name you know, has been in the news because of it. Um, she hasn't gone into super long details about their marriage, that there was cheating involved. It wasn't right. She wanted to move on, whatever. They're divorced. This guy has not said anything this whole time. And he decided that now was the time to contact Reality Steve, who is like an infamous Bachelor blogger spoiler, if you don't know, and give this lengthy interview about why he cheated because there wasn't enough intimacy in their marriage and because she didn't pull her weight in like with money and she had made just as many mistakes as he did. And he's so upset that he's been his um, life has been put on the, on um, display on the show because he had to talk to his parents church friends about it and his current girlfriend and basically this guy spent 20 minutes trying to say he doesn't care and he's over it 
in but proving that he cares a lot and he's not over it at all and just trying to justify like if he went on this podcast and wanted to quote tell his side of the story and at least owned the fact that he cheated and didn't try to say that it was her fault that he cheated i would have had some respect for him because i get it's probably frustrating to all of a sudden you know be on talked about every week on a show that you're not a part of but at the same time he just came off so ugh to me and it made me like Tasha even more did he blame her for his cheating on, yeah. on her <laughs> he literally and he kept being like i don't want to bash her but like she didn't have the same work ethic as me and like i don't want to bash her but she made more mistakes than i did in our marriage and you know i didn't want to have kids with her and like i cheated one time and now she's trying to he tried to compare her being the bachelorette dating 25 guys to him cheating on his spouse they are very oh. different things you agreed to one you agreed you married her vows fidelity wow. all that stuff she agreed to be the bachelorette which includes dating 20 people there she's doing what she was is supposed to do you didn't do what you were supposed to do so don't get mad read him drag him I drag so him mad. i don't know why i'm so mad about this i don't even like stantasia <laughs> that much but now i do i stantasia more because this guy's an asshole and i'm glad she has 25 guys like all around her now because he sounds like a total d-bag it was not yeah. her fault oh god gwen is your um intention for all people who have cheated on their spouses as well <laughs> oh my god it is really a lot less complicated than that <laughs> <laughs> My intention is for, are you guys ready? This is totally fresh and new for me. Yes. It's for Kate Moss. Kate oh. Moss, supermodel, style icon. She just uh, dropped a line of, of clothing, loungewear, through her agency. And she is modeling the line with her daughter, Lila, also a model, gorgeous. Also, Kate Moss was just on the January cover of British Vogue. And here's the thing. It seems to me, not that she's ever gone away, because Kate Moss is really everybody's style icon. It's always like, would Kate Moss wear this? Like, what would Jesus do? Would Kate Moss wear this? You know? <laughs> but she kind of seems to, like, be back. Like, she's kind of, like, out there. And I'm here for it. I love that. I got trapped in an elevator with her once coming down no from way. Top of the Rock. So it was Shut a very up. long elevator ride. And she was amazing and so incredible and nice and fun. I just want her to, like, be out there and, you know, be on top again, like, really on top, like, not just, like, in our minds as our style icons, you know? I love that intention. Well, mine is actually a little Gwen Flamberg uh you know, inspired intention with the is dash. Is it for Brad Pitt? It is, is it not. Is it for Meghan Markle? No, but you're sort of close, but with a dash of Sarah Huron, because I am asking for an intention for a beauty YouTube tutorial but from George Clooney. So I was reading Snopes the other day, which my friend works out. Snopes is, you know, a fact-checking website for all the others. And they confirmed a story that George Clooney uses a Floby to cut oh, his child. hair. Not only did we write about this on usmagazine.com slash stylish, but if you guys want to go to usmagazine.com slash stylish, you can actually see George um, talking about his reactions to everyone's reactions that he does, in fact, use a Floby. And then he went on, I think, Jimmy Kimmel, either Jimmy Kimmel or Jim, Jimmy Fallon. I get the Jimmy's confused, but he actually cut his own hair with the Floby on television. Oh my God, thank you for making my dreams come true. I cannot wait we to have go that watch video. that video on usmagazine.com slash stylish. Thank you. All right, well, Trav, would you ever get... cut your own hair with a Floby? Um, yeah, sure, I'll do anything once. It grows back fast, doesn't it? <laughs> 
Wait, so what do you want George to do? I want him to do an Olivia Jade inspired YouTube tutorial. Okay. Hey guys, it's George Clooney here. Thanks for coming to my channel. Today we are going to talk about quarantine cuts. And I just want like a cheesy comedic, he's in on the jokes, Floby, Honestly, you know, paid that tutorial. Would be amazing. For like charity, that would be really good. Yeah. It was like all went to like, I don't know, locks of love or something like kitschy like that would be amazing. Well, it took a 20 months, but Olivia Jade finally heard my intention. So maybe George will hear yours in two years from now. That's what I'm hoping. I decided to go on like the Sarah Huron attention because they you're a soothsayer and they tend to come true. Um, speaking of the most exciting news for the Us Weekly Hot Hollywood podcast, maybe in months, decades, years, all centuries, who knows? Olivia Jade is back on our interweb TV screens. It's Sarah crazy. Huron, biggest Olivia Jade fan, absolutely in this time zone, maybe the whole country. Tell us what she said. I freaked out when she posted this teaser that she was going to be on Red Table Talk. I was like, this makes so much sense from a PR standpoint. She waited for Lori and Massimo to be locked in jail so they can't hold our girl back. And she called Jada Pickett-Smith and Facebook Watch and was like, get me to the table. And one of the most interesting parts, of course, I watched the whole thing twice, was the conversation that Jada Pickett-Smith, her mother and daughter Willow, all had before Olivia even came out because Jada Pickett-Smith's yeah. mother didn't want Olivia Jade on the show. She's like, why are we giving this white, privileged 21-year-old girl a platform? Like, and she came to three black women for a platform, you know, PR move. And I like that they were so, like, open about that because it's kind of kind of true. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Jada She's, like, her- using them for their, like, skin color to, like, you know, make herself look better. Yeah, and I think that... <laughs> Everyone can acknowledge that, um, and including Olivia, I feel like. And Jada Pickett-Smith put her fit, foot down. And it's like, I think we, you know, she's a 21-year-old girl. We should give her her side of the story. We can hold her accountable. And they definitely asked her some tough questions. There was some good, a good dialogue, a good conversation. Olivia did a really good job being super apologetic. She didn't try to explain anything. I thought for her first, like, official interview on a very, you know, tough topic her whole life and white privilege i actually thought she did a really good job she looked beautiful um i was mostly upset that they didn't ask specifically about the rowing photos though because they went into like how she kind of still played dumb like i didn't know like i saw my college applications published online and that wasn't what i wrote like people were changing them my parents trusted the wrong people like you know i don't know if all that's true but I was shocked that they didn't bring up the posing for the photo specifically because that's like it was very strange because she was like, my parents did it so I could have a good life. I didn't really know what was going on. They thought it was normal. It's like, girl, you posed for that crew photo when you know you never have been on a boat that required oars. Yeah, that was definitely the worst, like the part that I think they missed the most. But overall, I think she did a pretty good job trying to like apologize but also be like this is just what i knew and not that it was right and there's a problem with the system um my other favorite part was when she was like look my mom was just off in canada filming movies like she didn't know like their family is really trying to go with this narrative that it was all massimo and rick singer and like Lori was just there but she's on all the emails there's that exchange between Lori and moss telling her not to tell her college counselor too much information like mm, i don't know but either way i was just so happy to see her and that pink suit was just <laughs> Pink suit was lovely. I missed her eyeliner, you know, just to take away the cosmetic things from it, which we shouldn't be. Missed her eyeliner from her tutorials. She looked great. I loved Jada's mother. Gwen, what do you think about Olivia finally speaking out? Are you so happy that she's broken her silence? I mean, I'm just so happy that she might start posting some beauty tutorials again because you know we lived for those. And I also it just it makes Sarah Heron so happy. And I I I stand that. Thank you, Gwen. 
It does. It does. I agree that I, she was so apologetic. She was like, I am the face of white privilege. But I think she sort of made it seem like Lori especially was like doing what her friends do and didn't think it was wrong. And she thought this is how people got into college, which may be true. Yeah, I think her life was just absurd. Like this is literally what she thought was like normal and OK, which isn't normal and OK. But I really think that this chick generally like thought that this was OK. And I really think it's fascinating that she did this while her parents were both in jail and she said she hasn't spoken to them. So, like, did they even know? <laughs> no. no, they probably I mean, don't I know. Think, I think they know now. Like, they do they get know they know now. watch in, in prison? You get, you get newspapers in prison and you watch TV in prison. Yes. Crazy. Yes. They're not, people in prison aren't, like, sheltered away from the world. No, so. I know, but I, I thought maybe <laughs> they would get, like, General Hospital. Like, I don't know if they get Jada Pickett-Smith's Facebook watch show. Well, I don't know about that, actually, because I don't I'm sure there are limits on, you know, the interwebs in the slammer, but I'm sure they've heard about it. You know, I think that like it, it what I love so much about the story is that it just makes Olivia Jade seem just like us. She's like any other teenager, right? Like she only knows what was shown to her by her parents. And she obviously was shown a life of extreme privilege. And this experience all be it a, you know, pretty major one, it has opened her eyes to the real world. And I kind of love that, you know, she's like taking her independence. And, you know, I, I think it was a brilliant move on Jada's part to have her on. And I, I can I just like shout out to Jada and Willow and how amazing Red Table Talk is like it's it's real. And yeah. it was really, really cool to hear Olivia Jade get real. It was. And some celebrities have come to, you know, support her. Sophia Richie, her boyfriend, Jackson, I, maybe us. And I think that's it. It's just on this podcast. I mean, Sarah, did I miss any other celebrity reactions to this? No, I feel like that was the general consensus. If you look at Olivia's um, Instagram comments, I think they're still filtered. Um, but her fans were obviously so excited um, because they've only gotten like little snippets of stuff over the last couple years now. But I really think it's going to be interesting to see how she goes forward. Like she mentioned that she was working with some um, underprivileged kids in school and how ridiculous it was that she grew up thinking school was like stupid and these kids are doing anything to get to go to school. Um, and I wonder, I feel like this is the move to bring back the channel with like one video a week being charitable and like one video a week being about winged eyeliner and mm -hmm. then she can try to build it back up like i think this is the opportunity yeah and i mean we're all talking about her so she's gonna have a lot of people watching she's got a great platform i hope she does something good with it All right, well, let's talk to someone who is maybe not happy about their great platform right now. Erica Jane, The Pretty Mess, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, more court drama. So we were talking yesterday that we thought it was possible that Erica's divorce was all a hoax to hide money because her husband is in deep, deep amounts of money to pay out all the people that he represented. So we thought that Erica Jane might be hiding some of this money. But in court the other day, Tom Girardi, Erica's soon-to-be ex-husband, responded to her divorce petition and asked the court to terminate her right to spousal support and he did not want to pay for Erica's court fees. Now, this is like a small update, but I think it gives us like another view inside that maybe they're not a team working together and maybe this is just part of the divorce. We're also as a Beverly Hill fan, Sarah Huron, what do you think? Do you think this makes it seem like it's a real divorce now and we were a little skeptical last week? No, I think that it's all part of the scheme. They have to go along with trying to make it look like a real divorce because when you're accused of faking your divorce, 
what do you do? You have to keep keep moving forward, right? So, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. This whole thing is weird to me. Like I said last week, I their divorce really threw me for one. Um, and I think that maybe this is just another way of them trying to make it look real. But I also just like want to know where is this money and like what's going to happen to I, Erica's glam squad? Like, is she going to be able to pay it? Pay them? I Mickey know Mikey Meaden. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the choreographer, the Pussycat Dolls. Gwen, just hot take. Do you think Erica? Do you think this is all of a show to hide the money from? the people who want it from Tom or do you think this is a real divorce? I think it's a sham, Trav. I think it's a sham. I think it is all about the money and the attention because... I, you know, they, they had to know. She had to know that it would all get out there. So it's, I find the whole thing really, really puzzling. Really puzzling. I do too. Well, we will give every update to this because I love a shady fake divorce for money. Well, actually, it's my first one, but I love this one. Well, speaking of things that I wish were a sham, have you guys seen the trailer for the new Mario Lopez Lifetime movie, A Recipe for Seduction, based on the life of Colonel Sanders of KFC? Oh of my God. Not only have I not seen it, I didn't even know about this is it finger looking good yes Gwen. it is finger looking good it is going to premiere on lifetime this sunday at 12 p.m and it's all about a young heiress as she struggles to pick between a rich suitor selected by her mother and the new house chef harlan sanders brings more than his 11 herbs and spices <laughs> recipe to the table a lifetime fashion things take a turn for the dramatic when the heiress's mother and the disappointed suitor seeking to take out the KFC mascot. I think this that is, genius. is what the movie is about. I, I think it's genius too. I think it's ridiculous. I wish, oh, I watched the trailer and it seems very serious. Like they didn't know that this was like a sexy, like Latinx uh, Colonel Sanders movie, <laughs> but I'm really glad it's here. Because Lifetime movies are um, ridiculous anyway. So this is just another way to like poke fun at it. Everyone's going to be thinking about KFC. I love it. <laughs> well, it's also, of course, sponsored in part by KFC. Well, duh. This movie was paid for by KFC if you couldn't get that from the uh, little description we had. All right. Another strange turn of events. Uh, Joe Exotic. We are still talking <laughs> about him. He has only, I think, 40 days left with our current president office to get his presidential pardon, which he has been lobbying for. And he has taken a different turn. Now he is asking Kim Kardashian to help him with a presidential pardon. Because, of course, she's actually working to get people who are wrongly convicted or convicted on uh, minor drug charges released. But apparently Joe Exotic thinks he has been scorned as well. I'm going to read you a little excerpt from his letter to Kim Kardashian. (laughs) I know you have never met me and you may never want to. However, I do believe that you hold the values of our justice system dear to your heart. Please help me by taking just 10 minutes of your life and placing a call to President Trump to look at my 257 page pardon. It's all the evidence I'm innocent and ask him to sign my pardon so I can return home to my husband and my father. And that's a little weird. He is, of course, uh, a year into his 22-year uh, year sentence in the failed murder-for-hire plot against Carol Baskin. Gwen, do you think Kim Kardashian I mean, is going to hear Joe Exotic's call of the wild, his roar into the abyss? <laughs> Travis, the whole story is peak 2020. It, the fact it, that, right. yes, a, uh, I mean, he's not even a reality star. It's like, I don't even know what you would call Joe Exotic. But the, Joe Exotic... Uh, is asking a reality star. Yeah, exactly. A pop sensation. <laughs> pop culture sensation is asking. You could also a- call him a singer. He's a has a lucrative singing <laughs> career. So I would just call him the songstress. The songbird. 
<laughs> that he's asking Kim Kardashian, who actually did help affect the change of getting somebody's sentence uh, uh, reduced. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's just it's insane to me, but it's kind of like the story that we all needed because we just we need reasons to laugh in in December 2020. And so thank you. Thank you, Joe Exotic. You continue. You're like the 2020 gift that keeps on giving. First, the underpants. Now, this, Sarah, do you think Joe Exotic is going to, you know, be saved by Kim Kardashian West? No, because Kim Kardashian... <laughs> Kim Kardashian West, my, you know, personal hero, has made a lot of changes in prison reform and continues to do so. And I don't think she's going to jeopardize it by getting Joe Exotic out of jail because it'll turn into a joke. And even though it's hilarious and the fact that he wrote her a letter and like the Daily Mail published the letter or whoever is iconic, (laughs) um, I don't think she's going to take it seriously. I think she's going to ignore him and continue to try to help actual innocent people. I mean, I don't know if Joe Exotic's innocent, but whatever. I, 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 you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I definitely do not think he is. But I think another reason this preempted this was she dressed up as Carol Baskin with Jonathan Chebon. Oh, so sorry. His new name, Food God, dressed up as Joe Exotic. So I think he was like, oh, yeah, they're totally. Right. And she was like, you don't know who I am. Like, uh, yes, she, everyone knows who you are. Yeah, she was Carol Baskin, the woman you tried to kill, tried to murder for hire um, for Halloween. So, yes, she is familiar with your antics. Sarah, tell us um, what is going on with Vanderpump Rules. We have been following the what's going to happen with the show that was so wildly popular and then, you know, had to disband because all their cast members were racist, horrible people. What's going on now? Yeah, what a year it's been for Vanderpump Rules. It hasn't aired a new episode since April, but it's been in the news every day since. Um, the latest to go, Jax Taylor and Brittany Cartwright, who is pregnant. Um, we met Brittany during season four when she started dating Jax. He's, of course, an OG who's been on the show since day one. They announced their departure ahead of season nine, which it's still kind of confusing what's really happening with season nine. But basically what Bravo does is they don't extend your contract. You're, you're under a contract and they have a certain date where they can either renew it or not, whether you're a housewife. Let it, like, go. Yeah. Right. So that's why there's always a debate on whether these people are fired or not, because you can look at it both ways. Like they're probably saying, oh, Bravo didn't renew our contract. We're exiting because they wrote this like statement. But now Brittany has confirmed that they didn't even write their own statement. Bravo wrote it. Um, so basically you're fired. If they don't want to renew your, your yeah. contract, that, that means you're fired. It's, yeah, it's just a nice way of saying you're not. They, it wasn't their choice. Let's let's be real here. There's no way they walked away from this show when they were probably going to make so much money, especially as some of the only original cast members remaining. So that leaves us with Lala, James, Sheena, both Toms, Katie, Ariana, and as Andy Cohen put it, the new people, even though they've been on a a season already. So that's your Charlie, your Dana. We lost Max and Brett as new people because they were racist too, um, or had racist tweets. So it's, I, I really want them to let it die. I've been saying that from the beginning, but, and I don't even like Jax or Britney, but I just feel like it's in Lala makes no sense to still be in the mix, but Andy included her. So that means she it's probably confusing. did. Confusing. It's confusing. They're going to have nothing film. I hope it dies a quiet, respectful, not dignified death. Yeah. And the show ended like the season eight finale, like was very much closure with these original cast members. So it kind of felt like they were going to do a revamp anyway, but the new people just like, I don't really care. Like there were some moments, but like, eh. like they think yeah. they need to either really revamp it and not call it Vanderpump rules and have do something else at Lisa Vanderpump or just let it die but it doesn't seem like they're going to do that and I don't know why God Gwen do you have any thoughts on these Vanderpump rules kids zero because I don't watch the show and especially now that I know that half of them are racist 
just I, no, not not into it. Sorry, I love well, Lisa Vanderpump. I love that dog. That's oh, I love I love Jiggy so much. I was wish sent Jiggy. him beautiful healing energies up in heaven. The um, so <laughs> he's not dead. Is Jiggy I still thought alive? Jiggy was dead too. No, I think Jiggy's still alive. He's How still, like, is that dog moved. still alive? I'm pretty sure Jiggy's still alive, but Jiggy doesn't travel with her anymore. Okay, that's probably for the best. I, I swear, she brought... I thought that was dead, but that's okay. No, she I brought Jiggy all the same. Jiggy. Yeah. Oh my God. Jiggy. Well, uh, Jiggy, I, I really hope you're having the no, best Jiggy. life you possibly can at 37-year-old Pomeranian. <laughs> I just looked up. Jiggy's still alive, but she brings Puffy with her to events now because Jiggy can't go anywhere. I met Puffy yeah. at BravoCon. It was like... A highlight. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to a topic that Gwen does interestingly watch and keep abreast of. Gwen, why don't you tell us why the Queen of England has lived so long? Her secrets oh. are finally laid out for the rest of us so we can get some of this live till 100 energy. Travis, you know that there is nobody really on this planet that I love and adore and look up to more than Queen Elizabeth. Yes. She's she's really like my number one. And she's 94, which is 10 years past the average life um, expectancy for a woman in the UK. And maybe part of that has to do with what she eats and drinks. I mean, we know that she famously, it's been reported that she famously has four drinks a day. You know, mm -hmm. stars are just like us. Relatable. But there's all the booze together too. Like no two <laughs> liquors are the same. <laughs> she has like a gin drink. She has, I think she has two glasses of champagne a day, like one at lunch and then one after dinner, like before she goes to bed, which is, I'm t that's me. That is totally me, Trav. And then, you know, she has wine with dinner. But anyway, an ex-palace chef named Darren McGrady spoke with Recipes Plus, and he said that the queen has a very, very healthy diet. And it's really amazing, Trav. Of course, everything that she loves are things that I love as well. She mostly eats fish, a lot of salmon, smoked salmon sandwiches for lunch or with tea, and then often poached salmon or some other fish for dinner. And Trav, she loves herself some dark chocolate. Oh, the yeah. The better. 60%, I heard. Plus, plus, plus. Apparently, she really doesn't like milk chocolate or white chocolate. And it has to be the darker, the better. She also likes cake. And she'll have a tiny little piece every day. But she keeps eating that cake. Like, she, even if there's a tiny little piece left, she says, sends it up to her room because she needs to finish that cake. You know, she doesn't believe in waste because she is awesome. I love it. And, you know, I bet you listeners didn't think you were going to get the, seek, the secret to a long-lasting life in this podcast. But we've given it to you. Congratulations. You are now living to 100 plus. Thank you to Queen Elizabeth for all of this. Okay, let's stick on that side of the pond and talk about uh, the story that made me chuckle out loud the most this week uh, about Piers Morgan. <laughs> Piers Morgan, um, for the last two years, but only recently has had to announce it, he has had to say that he is in fact not the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2. <laughs> so there are all these comparisons. When you look at Piers Morgan next to this um, actress who is an Irish actress, Brenda Fricker, she had the role in 1992 for a homeless woman living in Central Park who was obsessed with her pigeons and became friends with Kevin McAllister and Macaulay Culkin, of course. And he was on Good Morning Britain, his show, and his co-host Susan Reed um, brought up, can we just have a look at Home Alone 2? Because frankly, it's the best picture. She's like, lots of people watch Home Alone 2 and wonder if this is you. Morgan had to reply, why does this keep coming around? This is not me. I am not the bag lady in Home Alone 2. And then um, his son, Spencer, tweeted, chilled night watching Home Alone 2. Always forget that you're in it at Piers Morgan. 
And so his son, his co-host, all believe it. And apparently there's this woman named Brenda who thinks she's the role, but I think it's a lie. And it just made me so freaking happy that he has to say out loud that he is not the homeless pigeon lady in Home Alone 2. Nothing brings me more joy than that. All right, Sarah, why don't you take a, a lesbian turn with us and tell us all about <laughs> the new updates for Bronwyn, the first openly gay housewife we have. Who? Oh. What is she doing now? Yes, Bronwyn is still out here in the Instagram comments updating people on her life. Um, you know, it's been a week now since she came out as a lesbian. She has a girlfriend. Her name is Chris. But, you know, as Housewives fans know, Bronwyn is married to a man named Sean. They've been married for 20 years. They have seven children, ages two to 20. And that's kind of a lot to unpack. Um, And Bronwyn (laughs) insisting that these two are staying married. Um, They are going to try an open marriage. Um, Quote, he's my best friend and family. We know it might be impossible, but we are going to try to make this open, in quotes, marriage work. Um, I think this is a really recipe for disaster. Um, I have watched these two together now for like two seasons and Sean and Brahman are very codependent on each other. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be, it's going to suck, you know, when they have to rip the bandaid off and not be together, but she is a lesbian and she has a mm-hmm. girlfriend. And I think it's going to do more harm than good to try to force them to live in the same house and raise these kids as a married couple. Like, I think you just kind of call it what it is and go your separate ways and work on your co-parenting strategy. <laughs> right. I think the problem here, well, first of all, what's not a problem is that I hope this plays out in the next season of Housewives of OC, that she tries to have her girlfriend, Chris, and her husband, Sean, all live together as one modern family. Can you imagine because- being that, like, the, like, 15-year-old son or the 18-year-old daughter? Like, I would have been, I would be a monster right now if this was my house. I'd be, like, just screaming at my parents. Like, I would be angsty teen. Like, what the hell are you doing? What is this? Like, I would freak out. See, I think I'd be better um, as an angsty teen in this situation than I would be as her girlfriend, Chris, who's just like brought in. She's True. like, this is the life I already have. You can sleep in the guest room with me, question mark. Like, do you like this life? You has it now with me? It's yeah, like, I think very- I would try to be supportive of my mom if she literally spent 42 years or 43 years like right. in a like closeted and like it was having these revelations and she was sober. Like, I think I would do everything I can to try to support her with that whole thing. But I'd be like, you got to cut dad loose. And I'd be like, dad, you got to cut mom loose. Like, this is so weird. It's strange. Gwen, what do you think about this uh, modern family taking taking well, Whatever. I'm all for a blended family, but I mean, there's seven children involved and some of them are quite young. And the thing is, is that like even a 20 year old doesn't see it's kind of like what we're talking about with Olivia Jade. Like they see their parents as they've seen their parents their whole life. Like that stuff runs deep. And, you know, I think it's hard. It's going to be hard for them to, you know, view their mom in this new way. So it's just it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Plot lines. Oh, well, speaking of plot lines, I am going to, you know, make a nomination for the messiest celebrity of 2020. It might just be Johnny Depp. Um, there's, <laughs> it makes there's... me so sad. It makes me so sad because oh, I love him. Yes. Seriously, he's so great. I love Crybaby. I watch it all the time. I just love, I loved him. But now um, there is a new interview in The Hollywood Reporter with an unnamed director producer who says John Johnny Depp is the epitome of the spoiled movie star. This producer in The Hollywood Reporter said he is the biggest diva, spoiled movie star, terrible to work with. And then he was supposed to speak at a Polish film festival 
for, you know, a independent low budget movie he was starring in, but he just, he didn't show up, which he said he was going to, and he sent a bizarre picture of himself with an open shirt, platinum bond hair, peeking out from under a pair of scarves. And he looks like he was standing behind bars in a Caribbean prison. And in this Hollywood Reporter article, they also had um, a crew member from City of Lies, which was a movie about the notorious B.I.G. and Tupac murders, claims that Johnny Depp was intoxicated and punched him twice on set. So there are all these things. And now with the new Amber Heard lawsuit, Angelina Jolie might be called in to testify um, on behalf of them for working with him. And there's all these A-listers getting brought up in it. And it really is, Gwen, you said it. It's sad to watch this happen. Oh, and there's one other tidbit in The Hollywood Reporter where an assistant of Johnny Depp said that her main job was to clean drug residue off his face in public. And that was her main job as an assistant. Um, you know, Sarah Huron, what do you think about Johnny Depp's, you know, long road down to the bottom? Um, I never was like a Johnny Depp person because I've never like seen Pirates of the Caribbean or any of that. So I never was like on board with him just because I missed it. Like, I think I missed the train there. Um, but he sounds like trash, to be honest. So sorry. <laughs> bye. Gwen, what do you think happened? Thing. Do you think this is just drugs? Allegedly. I, I mean, I think that it's I think it's a lot. I think it's probably, you know, alleged drugs and also similar. Alleged. To... I mean, not to say that I've seen him do them, but I definitely have. Well, <laughs> but allegedly. <laughs> so, you know, it, it brings up another person we were talking about on today's episode, you know, back in the day in the mid 90s, one of the best nights I can recall being young in New York City was being in the VIP room of a nightclub with Johnny Depp and Kate Moss when they were together. Oh, dating. Yeah. I mean, it, it was to me, he will always be like that young, exciting. They were royalty like mm-hmm. that was like, you know, edgy, young Hollywood royalty. Justin Bieber and, and Selena Gomez, but cooler. You know, but so way yeah. beyond, like Gwen, way, way, way. You can't even compare. I think you need to write yes. a, a short story about this, this evening. <laughs> I might need to write a, a poem that I yes. that I read in a dramatic reading on this very podcast, perhaps next week. But, you know, here's the thing. People get, people change as they get older, especially when drugs may be involved. And also, you know, there, I believe that there might be some rage aholism involved here mm-hmm. like narcissism it's just really uh, um sad it we, i think we all know our intentions for next week that he goes <laughs> to rehab and gets himself together and get those chakras lined up or whatever the hell he's got to do to be a nicer person all right before we go into our game sarah Huron, why don't you tell us why we are talking not only because of her new album but about taylor swift and joe we have actually some new tiny tidbits of information from the popstress herself first of all i woke up this morning and i was like i could not even process the fact that i'm getting more taylor swift as folklore out pretty much yeah folklore 2.0 you know folklore changed my life um it got me back on the table i hated it but i'm so happy for you wow that is so rude it changed my life it got me back on the taylor swift train and i am just over the moon i can't even talk about it getting new music it's so exciting i'm gonna be up till midnight the whole thing like when i used to go to barnes and noble to buy twilight books at midnight Mm -hmm. um anyway Mm -hmm. so everyone thought that taylor and joe were engaged because when she she's re-recording her old music too she's very busy this taylor swift in 2020 she is um she's re-recording her old music and we heard a snippet of love story in a ryan reynolds commercial and 
everyone thought she was saying in the thing, baby just said yes, instead of baby just say yes, which is the line mm-hmm. in the song. So everyone thought that that was her like subtle confirmation that her and Joe are engaged because there's been like hints forever. But and there, then, she was wearing a ring in the documentary. Like this didn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah, she's been hinted. I mean, I feel like I've written the headline Taylor Swift fans are convinced Joe Alwyn and Taylor Swift are engaged like maybe 10 times. At least. Um, and yeah, so everyone thought that. But then she just did this long interview about folklore because it's been it's getting all this praise, like album of the year and stuff. And in the interview, she was like, it's weird because I have never made an album and not played it for my girlfriends or my friends. The only people who knew that I was making it with were the people I was making it with, my boyfriend, my family, my management team, yada, yada, yada. So mm. she she explicitly said boyfriend, which you don't really hear Taylor Swift say anything no. about Joe, which we finally found out he co-wrote two of the songs, like so shook. She said boyfriend. And I think she said that for a reason. I think she wants us to let it go. The, the Gwen, Gwen, do you think Taylor Swift is engaged and just doesn't want to tell us? Uh, it's very I want possible. you to say yes. Well, that would be a very, very Taylor move, wouldn't it? Yeah. I just, I kind of love them together because she seems the most settled that she ever has been. And, you know, I'm also just obsessed with her new music. Like, I love the last record so much. And I've only listened to a couple of songs of the just dropped one. But it, she's she's really grown in a direction that I think everybody loves. God, and I maybe guess I we just can like, like my Taylor unhappy because I liked all of her other albums so I much hate better. Rep- you know I hate Reputation. It made me uh, yeah, like. Not my favorite era. So what's your favorite? Uh, Red, 1989. 1989 is my favorite still. But this year, I like Lover. I hated Lover. She just like captured everything in 2020 in folklore. And like folklore is incredible. All right, I'll give it another shot. I I trust your guys' opinion. It's all good. It's all good except for reputation, to be honest. But I almost feel like as much as I think that she doesn't want us to know, and you know, it's very her with the clues and stuff. She does have this like big respect with her like long-term Swifty fans. I I don't fall in that category. She probably hates me. Um, But. I don't think she would straight up lie to like lie about this. Like, I don't know why yeah, I feel like she would tell point. them, even if she's not going to give us the photos or the exclude, like the details of anything. I think she would let her fans know if she got married. Well, there would be a very, she would do it very strategically, Sarah. Of course she'd make money off of very, it, but yeah. she would still be honest. And she would be, te- I think she'd be dropping some more hints. She'd be teasing it a little bit more. Well, in this week's boxing challenge, we're going to play folklore in the background for our celebrities so they can really get in the boxing spirit because it is time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. Let us go to the, you know, fictional, but I really do like to believe it's real, boxing ring with our celebrities. Sarah Huron, we're going to kick it off to you. We have Jesse Metcalf of John Tucker Must Die, who is 40 this week, versus Aaron Carter, who is 34 this week. Well, I know for a fact that John the Gardener slash John Tucker has stayed in much better shape um, mentally and physically than Aaron Carter. So I'm going to give it to Jesse, a.k.a. John. Yes, please, (laughs) God. All right, Gwen Flamberg, we have Terry Hatcher, who is 50. This week versus Felicity Huffman. Who oh, is a big Desperate Housewives theme. It's a Desperate Housewives theme. It is, and they're both really amazing. Um, I feel like Terry Hatcher, because before Desperate Housewives, she was like super girl, wasn't she? Or she was Lois Lane. Or, she was Lois Lane, and I did love yeah, that. Me but, too. you know, Felicity Huffman, I think that she's learned some skills in the slammer, so she would take her down for sure. Okay, I was hoping you'd say that she was using her prison <laughs> skills, even though I do love Terry Hatcher as well. All right, and then and Sarah, for our last battle before the finals, we have Raven Simone, who is 36 this week, versus Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World, who is 40. Wow, the I Disney, tailored that one for you. The Disney Channel games could never. Yeah. 
Um, wow, wow, wow. I mean, I love Sean from Boy Meets World very much, but Raven is just, she's Raven. She would see it coming because that's the future I can see. It would be Raven. All right. Well, Gwen, we're going to have Jesse Metcalf referee this match versus uh, 58-year-old Felicity Huffman versus 36-year-old Raven Simone. I mean, listen, Raven Simone, we've met her. I've sat at a table with her and I thought that she was like scrappy and strong and awesome. However... I still believe that Felicity Huffman's prison skills would win out. Ding, ding, ding. Put $100 in the commissary. Felicity (laughs) Huffman, but for Lori Laughlin, of course, Felicity (laughs) Huffman is back filming old projects and call it a match. Thank you, Sarah Gwen, as always. And thank you all for listening. Do not forget to rate us five stars, nothing less, on whatever platform you're listening to us. Share us on Instagram. Tell all of your friends. Say, do you know what makes my week better? Travis, Sarah, and Gwen. That would just be really nice. And of course, we will be back next week with all of the hottest celebrity gossip. And until then, you can go to usmagazine.com slash stylish if you want to get beautiful. Yes. And, and listen, to, listen to Us Weekly's Here for the Right Reasons podcast for all of your Bachelor news of as season 16 winds down. I'm so sorry. Yes, of course. If you're into the bathroom as much, Sarah Huron's Here for the Right Reasons podcast leaves no st- stone unturned. My favorite, my favorite from this week, Sarah, is the bachelor guy who had the American Girl doll teeth. Oh, Bennett. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, can't, I, rant, I rant about him a lot. So go check that out. I, yeah, please go check that out. All of that. And thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next week.